Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. What's up, my ballers? For a quiet time with God, I really want to talk about Proverbs 18 and 21. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And it means we must choose words of life over words of death. We must have conversations with ourselves that are truthful and kind and full of love. We can basically stop being mean to yourself. You know, in order for us to be the person that God has called us to be and for us to do the brave things he wants us to do, we must speak life and develop beautiful things in ourselves and say beautiful things about us ourselves. You know, I feel like it's a metaphor, you know, I'll use a metaphor for a tree. You know, we must grow good things into ourselves. You know, seeds of love and patience and kindness and joy. And when we grow those seeds into ourselves, you know, we will grow up to be kind and loving and joyful and patient. So we also, we, we need to stop spreading the lies that we tell ourselves every day. We need to identify those lies and then replace them with the truth. And the truth is God loves us. He loves us so much that he gave up his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for us. You know, he basically, you know, sent God, Jesus to us and he suffered a brutal death. And, you know, he, he basically died for our sins so we could have a close relationship with God. And now we can have conversations with God and, you know, we can be closer to him. So, you know, God's love is a gift to us every day. And we have to cherish that gift, you know, and we need to speak kindly to ourselves. And speaking kindly to ourselves makes us brave. You know, we don't want to be like everyone else and, you know, say negative things about ourselves. Let's be different and speak kind things to ourselves. Because God loves us deeply and he makes uh, he made us just the way he wanted us to be, you know. And he loves us despite our imperfections. And that's such a comforting thing to know that no matter what we do, no matter what we say, you know, God still loves us. And he always trying to help us get on the right track when we get off the wrong, you know, we get, we do something wrong or do something bad. He always wants us to get back on the right track and get closer to him. So um, that is what I really wanted to, you know, impart with you. You know, I struggle with saying kind things about myself. And I really want you to just think about what do you say to yourself every day? And what do you think about yourself every day? And, you know, change those negative thoughts into positive ones, into kind and loving ones. So I just want to end it with this. Stay brave, stay bold, and stay ballin'. Peace. What's up, my ballers? For a mental health check-in, I am going to talk about self-love. And the definition of self-love is having a high regard for your own happiness and well-being. It affects your mental health. So you definitely need to have self-love and self-worth because you got to remind yourself that you're enough. So I looked up some ways on how to have self-love and how to cultivate self-love. And the first one I found was 
you have to pursue a hobby that makes you feel good and you're really good at. My hobbies I'm really good at, I feel, is writing stories and poetry. I've been writing stories for uh, a long time, since I was a kid. And, you know, just writing poetry really helps me to express myself. And I feel like I'm really good at it. So, you know, I have a poetry site that I um, have. It's uh, familyfriendpoems.com. And I've been writing on it since I was 19. And I've got a really, a lot of good feedback from it. And people enjoy my poetry. So that really gave me the confidence to keep writing. And so that's why it's really good to pursue a hobby that makes you feel good. Also, I love drawing and painting. Um, I've been, I learned how to draw when I was a kid, you know, just drawing and just doing my thing. And now, you know, I love drawing, um, you know, and I feel like the, uh, I really got confident in drawing and painting in college because I took a painting class and um, I just learned how to draw still life. And from there, you know, I, you know, realized that, man, this is really fun. You know, I'm really good at it and I enjoyed it. So that's another way of, you know, building up your confidence is finding things that you love to do and you're good at. And then I'm really good at reading. (laughs) That's a a hobby I love and I uh, love to read. I love to read science fiction novels. I just love to read, you know, anything that interests me. Um, you know, I love reading about, you know, real people like Muhammad Ali. Um, you know, just stuff that really helps me to learn and grow and just find a way to really apply it to my life. And now number two, you know, I, I think I'm going to do five things you know, about self-love, you know, um, number two is to turn an activity you love, turn to an activity you loved as a kid, like something that you really loved. Um, it could be playing basketball. Um, it could be singing, could be drawing, writing, you know, something that, you know, that increases your, that will definitely increase your self-confidence, something that you really loved and enjoyed as a kid. Maybe like you like to play trucks, play with trucks or something, or, you know, anything that helps you, you know, just reminisce on that childlike innocence, you know, because when you're a kid, you, you can feel you love doing stuff. You know, you just do stuff for fun because you love to do it. And so, you know, we need to always go back to our child, you know, like attitude, like we could do anything. And we didn't care as a kid what people thought. So it's really good to go back and just be a kid. Now, um, the third uh, self-love technique that I found was, you know, do something you've never tried before. Like, get you know, just basically getting out of your comfort zone. You know, um, I decided, you know, one t- I think it was like a few years ago, I decided to do Toastmasters. And basically, Toastmasters is like public speaking. And, you know, you have to write a, a speech and it presents it to your Toastmasters uh, colleagues. And, you know, um, that was something that I've done in, I did in college. I had a whole public speaking class and, um, but I really had to dedicate, you know, myself to it and it was fun. And like, I was able to get good feedback. Um, you know, I was able to learn something, um, learn about research, you know, researching really, uh, in depth into something and present it. 
so in a professional way, you know, I was able to learn how to articulate and be eloquent and public speaking in college helped me, you know, at my self-confidence as well. You know, I did a Maya Angelou, uh, a poem. It was called A Phenomenal Woman. And I recited the whole poem and everybody loved it, you know, so that was pretty cool. That increased my self-confidence. So basically, uh, you know, you don't even have to do public speaking. You can uh, do something small and like wearing some mismatched earrings or mismatched socks or, you know, try something like speaking up at a meeting, you know, do something small that you've never tried before and then work your way up to the bigger things like public speaking and, you know, going in front of people like spoken word, poetry, or you can even join an online writers group. Or if you like gaming, you can do gaming, you know, do something that you know, is out of your comfort zone and that will really, you know, boost your confidence and just help those things help you to trust yourself and, you know, trust who you are. Now, the fourth thing that um, really will increase your self-confidence and self-love is remembering and reflecting on something that you really, like you crushed it, like something that you did really well. Um, for me, um, I loved uh, getting, I love getting interviews. I love talking to people. I love connecting with people. And I was really excited about getting the Kelsey Kozier, um interview and I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, like I, I had the courage just to ask, you know, her, can you interview um, with me? You know, and I think that was really something that boosts my confidence because I was like, I could get an interview with anybody, you know, so really reflect and, you know, just, you know, reminisce on that for a few minutes and like, man, you know, I'm pretty awesome, you know, so it really helps you to, you know, put things in perspective and not be so hard on yourself and just remember that you accomplished some really great things in life and, you know, you can do whatever you want. And the fifth thing that I learned um, for self-love, you know, and just self-confidence is to, you know, stop uh, negative thinking and evasive worries. So basically there's a technique where you can use all your senses and so Basically, you slow down and if you're going, if you're having negative thoughts, you slow down and you notice the sights, the sounds, the scents around you, your tastes and sensations um, you're experiencing in that moment when you're, you know, having all these negative thoughts in your head. You definitely have to um, just consciously, consciously choose, you know, where you give your attention to and you just you know, basically, I, I feel like it's grounding yourself in the moment and just thinking about things that are happening right now, you know, like not paying attention to the bad stuff, but really like just focusing on what's going on around you at that moment. And it helps you to forget about all the, the negative situations you may be going through and keep from replaying, you know, old past mistakes. So I think that's a really cool um, way to just stop those negative thoughts in their tracks. So those are a few things that I really wanted to share with you guys, you know, just to increase your self-love because, you know, I'm, you know, it's not, I'm not always confident and I just want to help others, you know, be confident in themselves. 
And that's all I wanted to tell you guys. I mean, I just want to end it with this. Stay brave, stay bold, and stay balling. Peace. What's up, my ballers? For Baller of the Week, it goes to Russell Westbrook. He made history tying Oscar Robertson for the most career triple doubles. And then he personally made sure he beat the Indiana Pacers. And now they're in the ninth place for the Eastern Conference. Now, Westbrook matched the Hall of Fame point guard with his 181st triple-double with only a minute and 39 seconds left in the third quarter. He also hit those free throws to put him into overtime. And then, in overtime, he blocked Lavert's three-point attempt, thinking, you know, Lavert was thinking he could just do that three-pointer and finish the game. No, Westbrook said, no, not today. Blocked the shot with his left hand and saved the game. It was over. Finito, it's done. He finished the game with 33 points, 19 rebounds, 15 assists, and two blocks. And he just made history. You know, Oscar Robertson, he has owned the triple doubles record since 1961. That's the same season that he became the first player to average a triple double. And he's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Now, Russell Rusbrook is in the same conversation. And he's just a great player. He's an incredible person. You know, he's very humble. He has great worth ethic. And he's very consistent. And he just leaves it all on the floor every night. He's very competitive and just a high-spirited. And he's just a great role model. So that's why Russell Rusbrook is the baller of the week. And I just want to leave it with this. Stay brave, stay bold, and stay balling. Peace. What's up, my ballers? My name is Keisha Swafford, and I'm here with J.D. Dyer. He's co-host of FIFA, and he's a Sky Sports presenter, uh, well, NBA presenter and Sky Sports broadcaster and reporter. He's a very talented broadcaster who has a great versatility, knowledge, and real passion for sports and entertainment. And, you know, he also co-hosts a podcast with FIFA and Universal Music. You know, he talks to some of the biggest sports athletes and musicians in the world. And he co-hosts with uh, Liam Payne. So that's really cool. That's really awesome. Um, and thank you for, you know, just being on my show. I really appreciate you. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. It's a pleasure to be on here. It's a pleasure to be on here. Your, your energy is good and your talent is broadcast to yourself. So this is good, man. I'm enjoying this. Awesome. I appreciate you, man. Um, you know, uh, we connected on LinkedIn and, and Twitter. So um, I really just want to just get to know you and see what you're about. Um, and you know, you come from England, so that's pretty cool. Uh, first time, London, the building, I, London the building. how many people you had on your podcast from England? You're the first, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, thank you for being the first. Um, first question I want to ask you I know you uh, you cover uh, you've covered British football and oh, you do cover it. Um, what do you think? Why do you think diversity is important in, in that sport in football? Um, I think with football being such like a universal game. Like it touches so many places around the world. Like I've I've traveled. I'm I'm very lucky to say I'm well versed in terms of traveling. And no matter where I go in the world, like everyone has a football. It's quite crazy to say. Um, and that means that especially with the British football in terms of the Premier League and some of the stars that are playing in England, it's important that it reflects demographics that can impact everybody. So when I say that, I mean I need to have uh, a South Asian 
idol. I need to have a, an African idol. I need to have a, an, a Pan-Asian idol. I need to have a, a North American idol. I need to have, so that everybody can feel connected to the sport. And everyone can feel like it doesn't matter where I start. It's about, there is opportunities for me. There is a chance for me to change my life, to, to revolutionize my family and um, to create generational wealth and opportunities. So I think that for me explains as to why diversity, especially in that sport is so important. And it's also important in a broadcasting world. I very much understand that sometimes when I go into press rooms, I might be the only black reporter. I very much understand that I'm sometimes one of the only reporters under 30. Um, and I own that space. I respect that space. Do I feel like it should just be me? No, I feel like there should be way more opportunities for people, as long as you're good enough, um, there should be way more opportunities for people to express themselves and see who they are as people and, and dive into um, careers rather than just jobs, like genuine things that are, are going to change your life forever. I, I agree with you because, you know, I think you have to be very passionate about what you're doing and, you know, just be able to um, do the job that you love. And, you know, just because, you know, we're um, people of color, it doesn't mean mm -hmm. we can't go, you know, do what, you know, our white counterparts can do. So um, I think that uh, that's very important. You know, diversity is important. And we, especially, I just uh, talked to Kelsey Kozier about diversity and especially in ice hockey is a white dominated sport. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think that we need to be in broadcasting and not just in the sports, playing sports, but also, you know, telling our stories. Facts. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, and um, I remember that, you know, I saw that in your one of your reels that, you know, you were talking about Kobe Bryant and, you know, uh, the quote saying the most important thing is to try and inspire people so that they could be great in whatever they do. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I can relate to that. Um, how do you incorporate inspiration in your life and how do you want to inspire others? Um, how do I incorporate inspiration? Uh, I think, as I said before, very much owning the space that I'm in. I can't tell you uh, the amount of DMs or or people are asking me for advice or um, or opportunities and whatever else. And I try to reach out to as many as I can. Obviously, I, I know it can be difficult because schedules and whatever else. But especially like when I'm in transit. Um, so like anytime I'm well beforehand, I would have said sitting on a plane. Um, I would hundred percent when I'd be sitting in airports. So I said to myself, okay, cool, I'm going to get through as many of these requests as possible, or uh, get back to as many of these emails as possible because. I get it. Sometimes like, I have a team around me that are brilliant and they do help me out and filter through stuff. But you want a direct response from somebody because I, I haven't forgotten what it's like to be that person that was sending those emails and be that person that was asking for that advice and that help. So um, for me, it's a case of as much as I appreciate uh, where I am in my career and I still got so many more things I want to do, um, I, I can't ever get too ahead of myself to tell me and I'm like okay well that doesn't mean that you can't give a bit of advice to somebody that's there because <laughs> you know the funny thing about it is the people that I used to reach out to and um ask for advice or send emails to long-winded emails like what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be are now even my peers asking me for advice so it, it's never ever looked down on someone and think just like, oh, I'm ahead of that person. So I don't need to be asking that person for anything because you just never know how people are going to turn out. You never know what people's trajectory is. Everything's written already by God. So it's it's not about me turning around and causing judgment because someone is perceived to be behind me. They're on their own pace and their things will happen whenever they want to happen. So I connect to people regardless of your situation. I connect to people because I want to genuinely help. And I just want to, if I can give you two bits of advice on my journey which has been all around the world and all different places and there's been loads of times Keisha I'm pretty honest with you I've wanted to give up 
I've wanted to give up because I've been I broke. That. <laughs> I've been broke. <laughs> I've had myself there's been no opportunities. Um, I've I've had a thousand more no's than I've ever had yeses. And when you were listing off sort of all of the things that um have happened and like you're you're listing off my title, it's only when I then I start to think to myself, wow, like I, I remember like when I almost gave up a, a number of times. So if anybody takes any inspiration from that, it's never give up. And that's exactly what I said to everybody, never give up because I said it already, God has written your path. So it's up to you to just keep moving forward. I, I, man, you are preaching to the choir. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, um, it, it takes a lot of uh, hard work, you know, dedication, perseverance, you know, that's to stay in the sports industry um, because you will get a lot of no's and a lot of rejection. Um, but you know, what keeps me, you know, pumped up is, man, I just love what I do. And I love talking to people, connecting with others, especially in the sports industry. And I just love watching sports, you know, so it just gives me that, you know, that extra push, like, okay, maybe I'm going to quit today. But then I, you know, I just think about, hey, I could be, you know, talking to someone from England, you know, you know, so like, <laughs> I, if I had quit, I would have never talked to you, you know, so you know, I just think that, um, you know, God is, is good. It's just, his timing is impeccable. Facts. And, you know, whatever happens, you know, you just enjoy the process, enjoy the journey. And, mm -hmm. you know, you'll get there, you know, just focus on the journey, not the destination. Facts. Yes. Um, and what, what, like some, I just want to know, you know, I know you've had a lot of interviews, a lot of good experiences. Um, you know, what, what are those, you know, what are your best experiences in your opinion, you know, and. Um, Oh man, it's the best experiences. So it's a podcast, right? So I can speak candidly. Okay. So one of the most uh, surreal experiences for me has been, do you know who Thierry Henry is? Thierry Henry. Who? Thierry, Thierry Henry, a famous soccer player. Oh, um, I think I'm not in much into soccer yet. But... Okay. okay. So just, just think to yourself like the equivalent. Okay. So Thierry would be the equivalent, same generation as sort of Kobe. Um, oh, okay. Sort of that sort of level in, in football. Um, now I grew up uh, supporting, and I can say it on here, cause I grew up supporting Arsenal as a kid. So I have probably every Thierry Henry shirt, like let's ever, so it's, it's the equivalent to meeting one of your idols, but listen That's to awesome. the situation. So imagine I've gone, well, cover, I'm actually covering the NBA finals. So I'm in Toronto and, oh, I've, wow, I've, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm in like this bar. I don't even know if it's a bar. It's a bit of a bar or a restaurant. I was supposed to actually, Tell you the truth. If you actually remember that finals, um, Golden State came back to Toronto. I think it was game five. And um, everyone was expecting Toronto was 3-1 up and everyone was expecting Toronto to finish the game on their floor. So everyone was expecting this to be the last game. And I had realized during the whole time that I'd been from the Bay back to Toronto, back to the, um, from Toronto to the Bay and then back to Toronto now, I hadn't even gone out. I hadn't left my hotel room. I had pretty much gone to the lobby, gone back to my room working, prepping. Because people think that when you're away and you're doing work, think it's easy. Like it's, it's a lot of research, there's a lot of hours. Some, I had gone whole days sometimes without eating or anything. It was, it was quiet. Wow. So when I checked myself, I had to be like, I'm in this beautiful place. Like I've always wanted to be here and I haven't even gone out and, and, and ventured. I didn't go out and venture in the San Fran and I didn't go out and venture in Toronto. I was like, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out tonight. I know tomorrow, tomorrow could be the last day that I'm in Toronto um, because Toronto could win. So I have to make sure that I at least experience something for me personally while I'm here. So I knocked on the door of my cameraman, seven o'clock, I knocked on his hotel room and I was like, we're going out. 
yeah, and that we're going to go to a restaurant, we're going to go to a bar, we're not going to get completely drunk, but we're going to have a couple of drinks, we're going to enjoy this city, we're going to see this city. And he nudges me at seven o'clock, he's like, I'm so tired from the jet lag. Like, cause he, we had flown <laughs> from the bay. And I was right. like, what? He's like, like, he's like, you're a young cat, like go out, enjoy yourself. Like, I was like, you gonna let me go to Toronto by myself? Like, he's like, yeah, like I, I'm tired. So at that point, <laughs> when I say about nose, this is to get a little bit about my character. I, I, I walked back to my hotel room, went back to put my key in the door. I said, you know what? Nah, I'm going out. I went out by myself, went to the same restaurant we went to. Oh, I can't remember the famous steakhouse. STKs, went to STKs by myself. So I don't know if I was looking at some sort of bachelor or whatever else in this corner of SDKs by myself overlooking Toronto, um, having this wonderful steak. And these um, bartenders came over and they were like, why are you here by yourself? Kind of explaining what I was doing. And they were like, oh, you should go to this spot. This restaurant, like this bar is over to the rooftop bar. Everyone goes there, um, you'd enjoy it. And I was like, okay, cool. Made a note of the place. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go enjoy myself, see what happens in this bar. I walk into this bar and there's like this VIP section in the corner. Now I've gone straight to the bar, just ordered myself a double Hennessy, chilling over in the bar, thinking to myself like, at that moment I was really just taking in life and thinking how lucky I am because I'm fortunate to be not only covering the sport that I love, not only covering one of the, what ends up being an incredibly historic moment for Canada and Toronto in terms of the Raptors, but I'm, I'm in like the middle of Toronto <laughs> and, and this is, this is surreal. And then my life got even more surreal. So I look over to the VIP section and I see this person in the VIP section doing this. I'm like, now I'm thinking to myself, this, 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 this bar is, is filled with beautiful women. Cannot be trying to get my attention. <laughs> so I've kind of put my head back down to the, my Hennessy. And then I've noticed I'm doing this again and I'm squinting and I'm like, is that Thierry Henry? So what? I, I literally went, I literally went like this. And there's no banner. I went, me. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you. And I looked behind me because I thought there must be a. Are you talking to me? There must be someone else that he's trying to get attention. I was like, me. He's pointing at me again. He's like, yes, yes, you. I woke up to his VIP section. And God is, God is my witness. I was expecting. Um, <laughs> I was expecting exactly what I was expecting. Exactly how your dog's going on right now. Yeah. Um, the security guard put his hand on my chest and was like, this isn't an inspection, bro. I think you should kind of play yourself out a little bit. And and I was like, oh, sorry, man. I didn't even mean to. I just thought, I said, I, for some reason, I thought Thierry was calling me. And Thierry comes down off, off of his seat and was like, no, 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 he's cool. He's with me. And I was like, am I? <laughs> and I sat down in this section and I was like, Hi, Thierry, what's going on? Like, I'm JD. And he's like, I know who you are. It's like, I watch the NBA coverage because he watches uh, the coverage back home because he has a home in London. So I watched all your coverage. I've watched all of your stuff so far. Wow. That is amazing. And that moment right there was the moment that I think really hit me. I sat down with Thierry for maybe about 10, 15 minutes. Patrice Everett was another footballer that was there. Um, And most surreal 15 minutes of my life. Like, it it still... um, bugs me to this day how someone I had grown up with watching and, and idolizing and doing his celebrations in my front room was so adamantly wanted to have a conversation with me and I was like okay cool let me see how far I can push this so there's a journalist in me I'm like oh Thierry like I'm doing a live show tomorrow 
um, my actual guest was supposed to be, it was supposed to be one of the Raptors players, but um, he had actually, pulled out, I think he pulled out for injury. He's going to hit me in a second. Um, I think it might have been Serge Bucky, you know. I can't even remember now because just completely took it out. They pulled out uh, last minute. And so my halftime fill was going to be me by myself, which would have been fine, which would have been expected. But it, it became so surreal because <laughs> I go to Thierry, I'd love for you to come on the show tomorrow. Uh, and he was like, yeah, no problem. And, and you know, like you're chilling with someone for 10, 15 minutes. You're like, yeah, he's not going to remember that by tomorrow. By tomorrow, he's probably, he's going to be like, <laughs> nah. He has to come to the arena earlier. Like, got all of the, obviously the NBA have flown him in from wherever they've flown him in for, but he has to come to the arena earlier. He has to then come and do um, half time and do prep and do get mic'd up and all the rest of it. Why would he want to do any of that? He's here for, uh, to enjoy the game like everybody else. Right. He did it. He turned up. I'm not gonna lie. Came to the spot he was supposed to came to come to. Um, turned up on time. We did the halftime fill together in the arena, and it was by far um, my favorite interview. And I've interviewed a lot of cool people. Like I've interviewed uh, French Montana, Michael B. Jordan, um, like genuine celebrities. Like obviously I do a, po- a, co- a podcast. I co-host with like Liam Payne. So you meet a lot of people. But for me the 14 year old kid that grew up idolizing that guy, that was his moment. Sorry, that was a long winded, that was a long winded. I don't mind, I don't mind. (laughs) That That is an amazing story. You know, you never know who you're gonna be meeting. No, you never know. And that's what I love about this game. You never know who's watching you. You never know who's enjoying your broadcast. You never know who's making a note of you. Like I've, I've had some surreal moments where I thought to myself like, I can't believe that person was sitting there watching me. But then I say to myself, like, again, own the space you're in. Look at the space that you're in. Look at what you're doing. There are people that recognize the space. So all I can keep doing now is using that as motivation to elevate. That's what I say. Yes. And I agree with you 100% because, you know, uh, you know, people will will look at you and say, okay, you're doing something really good. You know, I appreciate your work. And, you, and then that comes back to you. And, you know, your hard work will pay off. So, yeah, it's paying off, man. And you're doing amazing <laughs> things. I, I, I love it. Um, is that your biggest, who is your biggest influence? You know, besides, you know, that soccer player you described. Um, my biggest hero growing up would have been, um, personally, my dad. That's number one. That would be my biggest, biggest hero. Uh, I think number two would have been Stuart Scott rest in peace yeah yeah Stuart Scott was probably my biggest one of my biggest heroes growing up because he was amazing uh that for me made me feel and it sounds so weird to say because obviously you think just like I'm a boy from London what am I doing watching Stuart Scott who's down Atlanta or down the west coast and doing all the great things that he did but like for me it was um number one life is precious because you never know when life is going to be taken away from you. But also number two, um, he was the first person I saw on TV be himself. I felt like I'd never met Stuart Scott. Um, I hope, that's the reason, half the reason why I have faith. So I hope I could meet all these people ever again, again, because I'd have so many questions for him. And the first thing I'd say to him is, why were you so comfortable in terms of being in your skin, especially on television where so many people could judge you? I still remember Booyah. Like, Booyah still sits through, yeah. through, through my spine, yes. through my soul. Booyah! <laughs> and what that reminded me of, and I take it very much into my broadcast now, is 
uh, it's okay to be it's okay to be you it's okay to be yourself and it's a uh, it's inspirational and if I try to say to myself that I'm just going to be me every single time I'm on screen. I'm not going to try to be anybody else. And the second I stop trying to be anybody else is the second all of my blessings started happening in terms of uh, work-wise, especially professionally. Because um, before, when you first start in this industry, and anybody that's listening and watching, when you first start in this industry, you try to be what you think they want. And that's natural. You you do your perfect broadcast with your shirt and your tie, and there's nothing wrong with that. And you're making sure all of your diction and your pronunciation and every single sentence sounds like exactly what you think that channel wants. Um, I asked myself like, about three years ago, does that make me the most comfortable on screen? No. When people are watching somebody on screen, what attracts you to them? What attracts you to Stephen A, for example? It's the fact that he's, he's loud. Himself. He's, he's himself. He'll say what he wants. <laughs> And I've met Stephen A. I'm telling you now for a fact, Stephen A is exactly the same off camera as he's on camera, like on and off camera. He's exactly the same man. So I respect that. And the best broadcasters alive are those that can own that space of being themselves on and off camera. And I just worked it out very, very early. That's all I worked out. I just, I worked out very early in my career. I'm not trying to be like anybody else because nobody can do JD better than JD. And that sounds very narcissistic to say, but that's the truth. That's true though. <laughs> yeah. And that's the Agree truth. With you. Yeah. Yeah, so, you gotta be yourself. Yeah. And so the and the third person I've met, or I would turn around and say was an inspiration for me. Um it's a it's a gentleman here who's a sir called Trevor McDonald. Um, because he was like the first black broadcaster to ever I've got Caribbean heritage, so I'm an island boy. Um, and he came from Trinidad and he'd done like the BBC since like the 70s and still does like documentaries and stuff now and he's like well into his 80s I'm pretty sure but um he inspired a whole generation of of immigrants that came to the UK and said like we can do this do you know what I mean so um, right and that for me is that's legacy that's that's beyond you will go down in history forever because um I'm very proud of my island roots I'm very proud of where I come from and all the rest of it so to understand that he's very proud of the same and he broke down barriers before barriers were even able to be broken down, like shows how brilliant he is. So yeah, them are three. Yeah, I hope you get to meet him. Have you met him? I haven't met Sir Trevor. I haven't met Sir Trevor, but um, I hope one day I do get to shake his hand and, and just say to him, thank you. More than anything else, do you know what I mean? Because the other two have passed now. So I hope I can shake Trevor McDonald's hand before he passes. Well, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, let's speak that into existence. You're going to meet him. I like that. I like that. 2021, we're going to meet Sir Trevor McDonald. I like exactly. that. I love it. I'm glad. I mean, it's so amazing how many people you've met in the industry and, you know, just how they impacted you. And um, I think that's a really awesome. Um, you Did you have a favorite sport going, growing up or, you know, what kind of impact did, did it have on your life if you had a favorite sport? You know, when your parents turn around and say to you, oh, I don't have a favorite child. You don't have a favorite sport. <laughs> I, no, I do. I do. I had three oh. though. Like, but I don't have. I love all sports. Actually, not all sports, but I love the majority of sports. Um, I could watch all sports, but I have three favorite sports. Um, football because it's the home sport that's here in this country, and it's probably what's been ingrained in me the most. So, one hundred percent, I love football. I grew up watching football, and it's uh, what I cover, obviously. Basketball because it's the thing that appeals to JD the person the most in terms of culture 
language, uh, idols. I used to braid my hair because of Alan Iverson, full blown. Like Kobe <laughs> Bryant, I still walk around with Kobe Bryant quotes. If I can get something for you, I can show you like a, what's his sex? So like this is in my crib. Like wow, so the black mumba. Black mumba. I have learned. Okay. You so, want me to read it to you? Or you want to read it, read it for us. Oh, learn to love the hate, embrace it, enjoy it. You earned it. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and everyone should have one about you. Haters are a good problem to have. Nobody hates the good ones. They hate the great ones. Kobe Bryant. So oh, right. I, that's, I, that's true, though. That's true. And so for me. That, that speaks volumes to who I am as a person, like not allowing anybody to hold you back. And then um, my, my, my final love is boxing because I think it's the hardest sport to do. And I think it takes, first of all, credit to anybody that ever gets into a ring. Um, yeah, I know a couple boxers. I used to yeah. box. Listen, <laughs> if you get into a ring, I, I've had a couple of amateurs and I tell people straight, like, you get into a ring, first of all, to fight somebody that's willing to fight you for, for sport, yeah, I give you credit because it's not easy. And the dedication and the mental battle and everything that goes in between that, it's not easy. And also it's the most unpredictable sport because no matter what, we we sometimes take greatness for granted in those sports because an NBA team could lose tomorrow and still go and win the championship. They could lose every game now, make the playoffs and go and win everything. Like a boxer loses one, two fights. The career is done. Yeah. That yeah. sort of tension, that sort of pressure is real. And it's generational and it's um it's something that will be here forever as well so they're my three favorite sports that's awesome i mean i love it i love it uh you know i think that's very inspirational um all your i love boxing basketball football um i'm getting into soccer or football in your in your uh, country so you can call it you can call it soccer it's fine Don't okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know i'm just like, i went to school i went to school in the states so i actually started oh. off soccer yeah oh where so, you so, went, went to school at i went to i went to school in arizona oh okay arizona. yeah yeah yeah. so oh. I, I started off yeah i started off that's why that was my first job out of out of college i went i was a local reporter for northern arizona television wow so, that's yeah, awesome yeah. that's yeah. pretty cool so, i've never yeah. been to arizona but i know some people that are you know you know one of my Drive mentors in Arizona, <laughs> and she's a she she works for uh, the Phoenix. I think she recently moved away from there, but um, yeah, she was there for a while, uh, at least three years. So kudos to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another question I have is what what has been your biggest challenge you've had to overcome, you know, in your journey to being a sports broadcaster? Um, what's been my biggest challenge? accepting no's along the way I would turn around and say uh like I said I almost gave up twice I've been fired twice um I left I left Arizona imagine I left Arizona sunny Arizona to go back to a home country that I knew wouldn't accept me because or because they had rejected me initially because of my long hair I have hair down to here which I put in a bun um mm -hmm. and and a beard that's on tv and um and, and someone who uses hip hop references throughout their broadcasts and 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 I can I can do the serious stuff like I got court reporting at the end of the month but I can do I love like jovial stories I love creating packages and, and creating stories about um, things that don't always get attention um, but I feel like adapting to those no's because 
you grow up and and again this is a story like you grow up and I grew up through school and I was star athlete um <laughs> straight A's and B's um popular like everyone knew me in my area everyone knew oh yeah that's JD yada 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 like invited like I was hanging out with kids that were like 20 21 and I was like 15 do you know what I mean and and wow yeah and you're just you're just seen as what you would be quote unquote cool when you're younger and and then your life just my life kind of just turned 180 one time like I had a few personal things that went wrong and like I lost a few friends and and I kind of went into my own shell but then I had to adapt again because you're starting to become a man you're starting to become a, a real starting to define your real self in in life and and what I stopped doing was like accepting um, setbacks as as my final, or that means that that's somebody's thing. So I just stopped taking opinions as facts a long time ago. I stopped taking things personally, um, and I just kept chasing. I said to myself, I wrote down things that I wanted. I sat down. With my, I asked myself, JD, what do you want? Like not what anybody else wants for you, because everybody wanted me to be a professional soccer player or to go off and play college basketball or whatever else. What do I want to do? What does JD want? And when I stopped trying to please everybody else and started to please myself, I started realizing the things that I wanted were just coming towards me. I just stayed focused and, and stayed committed and dedicated to those things. Um, and from there, it was just a case of like a snowball effect. And every single time I had one no or loads of no's, like I said to you, since then I've still been fired from two jobs. That, um, I've still been told a hundred times that oh, no, it's not gonna happen for you. I actually, before my first actual big live broadcast, my first big break in the UK, four months before that, I was actually told I'd never be on television in the UK. I was never good enough by a completely different company. And then wow. I ended up signing for a bigger company and them being like, yeah, we're gonna put you front and center. Um, so my only thing is I just, my only, I'm just proud of, I think what I'm most proud of myself, like not the awards, not the accolades, not the interviews, it's just the persistence. And as long as I keep that for the rest of my life and I never lose that, I'll always get what I want. You'll always get what you want because you stay focused on something and look how long, God permitted, I've got maybe hopefully another 60, 70 years on this earth. And as long as 60, you give me 60, 70 years to do anything, I don't care what it is, I'll do it. I'll make sure I get it. I don't just take one step at a time, one day at a time one bit of knowledge at a time and it's going to happen simple it's, it's, it's inevitable as long as you work towards it every day and you stay focused it's going to happen so I don't take the highs and the lows anymore I try to control what I can control and what I can't control just accept yep there's a, it's a I remember a song that said life is comes to one two things acceptance or you know or rejection which one are you going to which, which, which one are you going to do and, you know, accepting the good things and the bad things as they are, you know, you just, you know, take it as it goes and, you know, keep going and you don't yeah. quit and you don't give up. So, That's it. hey, man, I, I agree with you, man. Um, you know, it's hard to be in the sports industry, but it's, it's rewarding whenever you get to where you want to be, when you don't quit and you don't give up. So, yeah. I, I love it. Um, and one more question for you. Um, how do you... How do you feel, um, you know, just being in the media, you know, it's, it's, an, it's portrayed in a negative way sometimes, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think the world is negative, my personal opinion. So I, I look at it this way. Um, why would I, there isn't an industry alive that I think is completely 100% positive. But what I can do 
is make sure I stay organic, stay good and be good energy to people because that makes you stand out even more. I even look at, and not to get into politics, I look at some of the leaders of the world or former leaders and whatever else, and they're negative. They don't even spew positivity. It doesn't mean that all of the decision makers that help to make things happen are negative, no. But it means one bad egg doesn't rot everything else. Like I just turn around and say, I can go into someone, something and someone can turn around and say the whole media paints athletes as this, or they paint people as this, or they turn around and stereotype people as this. And I just turn around and say, you know what? Okay, 99% of the media might do that, but you're looking at the 1% that doesn't. I have loads of athlete friends that I've never ever revealed some personal, very personal stuff that I know would sell millions, get millions of clicks, millions of hits, because I care about people. And I ask myself, is it doing more harm than good? And is this necessary for this person to be revealed? And I'm talking about some real serious stuff, but I don't care for that. I come into this because I'm a sports broadcaster and I'm an entertainment broadcaster and I'm a music broadcaster. And as much as everybody likes um, what makes them good or what will give them clicks or what will give them bait. And I respect certain broadcasters like Wendy Williams and other people that have made a career out of that. That's not my MO, it's not. And and I I even have a, my vision, I'll turn around and say it to you straight, my, my vision is to have a late night show um, where athletes and musicians and entertainers and whatever else, they come and they check in very much could like, similar to what you would call like a Jimmy Fannell, Jimmy Fannell, Jimmy Fannell, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, James Corden, like a late show. I would um, watch that. I would definitely support. <laughs> but my, my vision is to have it as for entertainers and, and, and sports, sporting stars specifically. Um, but my stuff isn't to get involved in your tea. If you have uh, an addiction or you have a, a story that's come out, my, my, my actual mo or bottom line for everything is okay my platform is to allow you to tell your story not for me to turn and interpret it how i want to interpret it my i don't make any interpretations of anybody in life so my platform is to give you an opportunity to tell your truth if it's not the truth then we can have a question we can have a talk about it but my platform is to turn and give everybody an opportunity to tell their truth and not anything ever be misinterpreted so as long as i stay true to those those morals continue building the relationships i don't know many there probably is but i don't know many athletes that turn around and feel negatively towards me for my work you might feel negatively towards me because of me personally and that comes with the business but you're never going to feel negatively because i've turned around and made something up about you or i've said something about you that's not true that's not who i am it's um, not who i am it's never who i'm going to be uh, I, I love that you know you stick to your roots you stick to your your morals and your values and you know you don't you know sell out basically it's not um, worth so. it as it's you said it. it's a marathon it's a marathon right so yes. <laughs> why would i try to get a quick lap because later on down the line you're gonna burn out you might as well stay consistent at the place you're going at and you watch eventually you'll start skipping past all of those people that decided they wanted to cheat or sprint too quickly or run before they can crawl it doesn't happen like that life isn't built like that I don't know when God's going to take me away from this, but I put it this way, like the longer I'm here is the more impact I'm looking to make. Amen. That's all I got to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was, uh, you know, thank you so much for being on the show. I've, man, I've learned so much from you just 
about 30 minutes of you t talking to you, you know, because, you know, uh, I think that sports is something, an amazing industry to get into. You know, you just have to be ready for it. And, you know, you have to be, you know, prepare, research and do the work and you'll get you'll get the reward. 100 percent, 100 percent. There's there is there is a huge pot of gold or joy, especially if you love sports in being and in, in doing what we do, like because we're privileged like we've yeah. seen and and seen some of the greatest moments individual moments that go down and meet people's minds and and we get to see it. we're paid to see it and broadcast it and talk about it it's crazy yeah um, it is crazy and I never ever say that for granted there are days listen to me there are days like because you know my day today like there's days mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh like really today of all days on my day off and all the rest of it but then there's I have to remind myself well, you worked to put yourself into that space where someone's saying to you, your opinion on this matters. Your value that you can bring to the situation matters. Don't take that bit for granted. Don't ever take that bit for granted. Remind yourself. And you know when I notice it the most, and this is not a direct comparison, but you know sometimes on Sports Center where you see Stephen A come in after he's done first take and Stephen A show, and then all of a sudden 7 p.m. breaking news and Stephen A's on there again, and he looks tired as yeah. hell. <laughs> but he respects why he's having to do that do you yeah, understand that's what value his opinion that's it worked hard to make sure people value your opinion so don't disrespect that work rate because you're disrespecting the person that was grinding and sending those emails and that person that was doing those overtimes and doing all those ripping sessions and all the rest of it Keisha, I'll tell you what I do on my day off. I actually sit down and I watch my previous shows and I write notes. I say to myself, how can I get better? That's what I do. That's what I've got planned today. Oh, and that's, that's good. And that's, that's the truth of it because that's the bit no one wants to do. That's the bit that no one wants to tell me. I enjoy this journey. I love this marathon. I love what I do. And I've really got my end purpose, which I've really told you because I believe in affirmations and putting it out there. But I love where I am right now and I'm loving what I'm doing. How can I convert that to the States? Well, that's another conversation that we're going to have to have, but like- Oh yeah, well, come <laughs> back on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, man, I enjoyed talking to you, JD. Um, it's been a pleasure and it's been an honor, you know, to just to grace your presence <laughs> on my show. You too, man. This is, I feel privileged to be the first English and British person to be on this. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, I'm just going to end it with this. Stay bold, stay brave, and stay balling. There we go. Peace. <laughs> Yo, it's your girl, Fresh Love, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. You have a show that I couple with Rob Parker. It's a dynamic show, man. Please tell the people about it and where they can find it. Yeah, uh, it's the iCouple radio show, and it is myself and Rob Parker. It's on Fox Sports Radio. It's a national show. Uh, it's on the iHeartRadio app, and it's on Sirius XM Channel 83 from 7 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, Eastern Time, 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific Time, Monday through Friday, on over 350 channel or media markets nationwide. Uh, and also you can download the iCouple podcast, which are the, uh, greater, greatest takes from the show that is, uh, on iTunes, Apple podcast, SoundCloud, or foxsportsradio.com. So you can download, subscribe to the podcast 
and check that out. So, uh, yeah, man, definitely, uh, it's been going well. It's been popping. So, uh, your listeners definitely want to check out the Eye Couple.